0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Wednesday edition of Fantasy MLB today. We are a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orrico. You can find me over on Twitter at orrico 99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. That's where you get all the different podcast updates, articles, news and notes, anything new in our draft guide. All of it you can find at EthosFantasyBB. And we have launched our draft guide officially. I've been talking about it over the last few weeks. It is officially live at SportsEthos.com. I loaded up my rankings in there today. The top 100 starting pitchers, top 20 at each infield position as well. The top 250 overall, which is actually probably going to be closer to 300, as well as the top 50 outfielders and top 30 starting pitchers are all coming uh, over the next couple of days as well. We have a ton of Dynasty content. We have strategy pieces. We have sleepers and busts. We have a ton of of stuff for you guys to be going through. I'm talking about like 50,000 words worth of articles. Uh, Shout out to the entire team at Sports Ethos. The work that you guys have done has been just exceptional, not just the writers, but the editors, uh, everybody making the graphics, everybody who's been working on the website. All of it uh, is just really top-notch work. And I really, really recommend you guys checking out all of that at sportsethos.com. I'm not usually somebody who is ever trying to sell you anything. If you guys have listened for any duration of time, you know that that's not been my thing. We've done more than 500 episodes here, and I've never tried to sell you anything. I've directed you over to our Twitter and all of our content. Um, but I've never I've never put us out there in terms of trying to sell you our product because, well, we haven't really had a product to sell until now. Um, last year, we did kind of have like a, a very small version of what we have this year. Um, but this is like a whole new level and I really, truly believe in the product. I wouldn't say that if I didn't mean it. Um, my work has taken all of the off season to put together these rankings and these projections. I've talked about it going back to October. Uh, I've put in hundreds of hours into my own work and I know the guys have put in just so much work, uh, for each of these articles and there is more stuff coming. Uh, there are going to be tons of articles reviewing drafts, um, different pieces of strategy that are going to, or different strategy pieces. Um, just so much stuff still in the works as well. So please make sure you guys are checking that out at sportsethos.com. If you ever wanted to support my work, this is the absolute best way to be doing it. So make sure you guys are checking that out, at sportsethos.com. And if you do check out my Twitter, uh, you can find the links to all of that there as well. Now we are going to be checking out some of the spring training news and notes from the last few days We did this on Monday, taking a look back over the weekend, and then uh, yesterday we did our live draft. We did a live uh, draft stream with John Legaza, our Tout Wars draft, Uh, so go check that one out if you did miss it, but we didn't get a chance to talk about some of the news and notes of the last couple of days, so we're going to do that now, talk about Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday's key notes. We're going to start with Monday and Yuri Perez. So he went an inning and two-thirds in his spring debut. He allowed three hits, one earned run, three strikeouts. He had a 26% strikeout. um, Sorry, (laughs) called strike plus whiff rate. Um, It was nice to see him getting to 99 miles an hour already. He threw the five fastest pitches on Monday. Um, 99.3, he hit that a couple times. He was also 98.9, 98.8, 98.7. He threw the five fastest pitches. Um, The big question about Yuri is not something that we can really answer right now. It's more about what the Marlins are going to do with him. Will they let him throw enough innings to make it worth your while? His price generally is in the 70s or the 80s. Um, depending on your build, usually your second starting pitcher, but you know, understandably can be your your number one. I did a draft this year, uh, a draft champions format, a draft and hold, where he was my number one starting pitcher, and I was pretty happy with it. I'll be happier with it if the Marlins are letting him go 135, 140 innings as what I think we need to see uh, for this draft cost to be justified. The talent, you know, John said it on the stream yesterday. If you needed any pitcher just to get you three outs in all of baseball, just talent-wise, like, he would be up there. Uh, The top three of the top five names just in terms – like, not in terms of, you know, this season top three or top five ranking or anything like that. But it's not, like, crazy to think that. Like, if you're looking at dynasty rankings, he's a top three, top five starting pitcher – He is just so electric. He is incredible. It's just a matter of how much the Marlins are going to let him go. And I'm hoping that we see 130 or 140 innings, which I think would justify uh, his draft cost. Uh, Let's talk about Yusei Kikuchi. He looked really, really good in his spring training debut. Two innings, one hit allowed, no earned. Uh, He struck out three and didn't walk anybody. 40% CSW. Really, really good stuff. Uh, I think he's still one of the more undervalued starting pitchers in drafts. I talked about a while back on Twitter how there were 19 qualified starting pitchers that were above average in Stuff Plus, Location Plus, and Pitching Plus, which are the, the metrics that Eno Saris has. They're available at graphs. If you go and look at leaderboards and you go to the modeling sections, it'll show you Stuff Plus and all the different plus stats. Uh, so there were 19 of them who were above average in all three of those major ones. The only one that you can draft outside of the top 200, and his ADP is generally in the 230s, 240s, uh, is Yusei Kikuchi. He also had close to a 20% strike-up minus walk rate, really good supporting metrics. I think he's really, really undervalued and somebody that you should be targeting in most drafts. There's no reason for him to be going where he's going. Um, we'll talk about some another Blue Jays pitcher in a few minutes, um, but there's not really anything that's going to stop Yusei Kikuchi from throwing 30 times this year like there's not like a lot of competition really um I think the top four in the rotation are really set and he is one of them and there's no real reason to think that he won't be an absolute you know every single day starter 30 times out 31 times this season and probably giving you something similar to what we saw last year I don't think he was necessarily maxing out I think that's closer to to just who he is he's honestly a really good starting pitcher and a really good source of strikeouts late in draft so uh, I like what I saw the I liked what I saw the other day, and I think that we can uh hope for more of the same here from Kikuchi. We got to see if he's able to maintain this in spring training because he's not somebody that's you know an impeccable guy that's why he is going past pick two hundred because he's certainly not like a stud stud, but I think that he's somebody who can return a lot of value. We just have to make sure uh he's able to maintain some solid performances throughout the rest of spring. let's talk about Nestor Cortez. It was some mixed results um. He had two and two-thirds innings pitched. He allowed seven hits, two earned runs. He did strike out four, didn't walk any, and had a 31% uh, CSW. Now, some of the contact was not – it was like fluky type of base hits. It wasn't like a lot of hard contact. Um, Still, I'd rather he didn't allow seven hits, um, but the velo and the stuff are there, which is all you can really ask for. I do like him as a bounce back later in drafts this year. I think Nestor is somebody – Um, That is probably going a little bit too late. People are probably a little bit too out based on last year, but we had a couple of really strong seasons of uh, bodies of work behind him before last year. Uh, You know, he wasn't fully healthy. I, I think that we could probably, if he is healthy, see a pretty solid return on his investment right now. And if he's not fully healthy, he's going late enough where you can cut him, and he's not really going to hurt you. But we know that he is capable of giving you uh, some really great seasons, and that team is is improved this year, so there's going to be more win potential as well. Let's talk about Josiah Gray. Uh, really, really solid outing against the Mets lineup. That did feature Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor. Uh, two innings, two hits allowed, five strikeouts, no runs, no walks. You know, he was a strikeout beast in the minors, and we haven't really seen it at the big league level, 22.6%. He needs to be able to get that strikeout rate up to be able to be somebody that we're really, really interested in for fantasy. And this is a good a good start, right? And he's still so young. It's, he's still at the point where that those strikeouts could come back. It's not like he was a plus 30% guy in the minors, and now he's going to be 22% forever. No, he's still only a couple years into his career. Um, if he's able to get to 25 26%, which is very possible – then I think Josiah Gray could definitely um, be very, very interesting. He was a very highly touted prospect. It was, a, you know, one of the centerpieces of the Max Scherzer trade a couple years ago. He's not somebody that uh, we should give up on, despite the fact that the numbers are pretty ugly. I'll give, I'll say that, like the numbers under the hood these last couple of years are pretty ugly. Uh, but are a long, a long, long way from giving up on him, Cedric Mullins is somebody that is very interesting. So there's been he's been in my notes a few times. He's let off in all three of his spring training games so far. And Gunnar Henderson, you know, Mike Curland made a point because I did mention him in this tweet, and he said, uh, Gunnar is out and he has an oblique thing going on. And Curland isn't fully ready to move him up in the lineup. And Mike Curland, if you're not familiar, he runs a website called mlbplayingtime.com that you should all be using. Um, I use Roster Resource as well. They're both really great resources to try and see uh, what projected lineups are going to look like. Now, the fact that Mullins has been in the leadoff spot for all three games of spring, it is spring, but I think he's going to be a top-of-the-order guy more so than somebody who's probably bad in 6th or 7th like we may have expected a few weeks ago. Even if Gunner comes back and is the leadoff hitter, I think Mullins is going to be in the top third of the order. That is what I'm expecting at this point, and I think that it's you know not crazy to think that you could push him up a round or two in your drafts. He's going like in the 130s or 140s. If he's going in the one. 10s or 120s I think that would be very reasonable to take him there Uh, that lineup is very good we've seen that he can give you like a you know I don't think he's hitting 30 home runs again but he can give you like close to 20 homers with 30 steals good counting stats I think he's a really solid discounted player especially in those five outfielder leagues where you just need them that much more let's talk about Hayden Wesneski although we don't need to spend too much time on him He's far from guaranteed rotation spot in Chicago. There's been ups and downs, um, and he did not do himself any favors the other day. An inning in the 30, allowed six hits and four and runs, struck out one against Kansas City. He's someone to just avoid altogether. I don't even think he's worth a late flyer. Um, you know, even in your in your draft and holds, where whatever your format you're playing, I think Hayden Wesneski... You know, there were some bright spots and there was a time when I thought he was going to be a really good pitcher. But at this point, he's kind of got to prove it to us at the big league level. And he has really not done that lately. Um, You know, it's one spring outing and it, you know, it could turn around a little bit and maybe he does get a rotation spot. But as of now, he's not somebody that I think we can be terribly interested in. Ronzi Contreras is another one. I want to believe in him, but he does make it really difficult. His first outing of the spring, two innings pitched, uh, four hits allowed, two earned runs, no strikeouts and one walk, only a 17% CSW. I just don't think he generates enough whips and gets enough strikeouts to really make it worthwhile. Could he progress like he's still young enough where he maybe could figure it out? Um, but we're closing in on bus status, I think. if he If he can't get his shit together sooner than later... It's really looking ugly, and I don't – maybe it's too early to say that, but I'm just really not interested in Ronzi Contreras this year. Uh, On our stream yesterday, John did say that he was interested in Contreras, so differing of opinions there. But I just can't see myself really taking him outside of, like, maybe in a deep league or with my last-round pick, potentially. But even then, with my last-round pick, I think I can shoot for higher upside than Ronzi Contreras. He's just really not somebody I want to get in bed with uh, at this point. Let's talk about Tuesday's games, and let's talk about that Blue Jays pitcher that I mentioned earlier. Alec Manoa, he was absolutely dreadful in his spring debut. An inning and two-thirds, three hits allowed. He hit three batters, allowed four in runs, did not strike out a batter. He also issued a walk and had a 13% CSW. We're all hoping for a big bounce back, but it's incredibly hard to be confident in Manoa right now. Uh, I was one of his biggest believers going into last season. I aggressively ranked him. I've talked about this. He was one of my biggest L's of the season last year. I think he was my 13th or 14th starting pitcher uh, when the season started, when I submitted my final rankings for the season, uh, for the preseason, that is. And it was a big miss. And this season, you know, I've got him in my top 100. He's down there. He's in the 70s, I think. But, man, like I might even have to bump him lower than that. It's just – I don't even know what to say at this point I'm not all the way out like he could still f- return to form but it makes it very very hard to believe you know the flip side is if he does return to form then you're paying pretty much nothing for him and if he does then you know we've seen him he was you know he was second in Cy Young voting a couple of years ago or maybe he was third um, but we, he was on the ballot for Cy Young that's the upside And I don't know if he's going to get there again, but even if he finds like 50, 60% of that, he's probably a good pick at ADP. I'm just, you know, after seeing what he did the other day, it's hard to be confident that you are going to see that. Christopher Sanchez, uh, who is an industry darling. Everybody's interested in Christopher Sanchez. He had a very solid debut, Uh, two innings pitched, one hit allowed, no earned runs, one strikeout, no walks, and a 26% CSW. Uh, Velo is up across the board, very popular sleeper. And it's, For good reason, right? He's going in a range where it doesn't cost you much. If anything, last pick of your 10- or 12-team draft. And he's somebody where the metrics were just so, so excellent last year. Is he going to have a sub-5% walk rate again? Maybe not. But he's pitching for a very good team. There's going to be win potential. I think that Sanchez is one of the best picks you can make at the end of a 12-team draft. I'm really, really interested in him. Uh, let's talk Brandon Donovan uh, looks solid so far in spring training. And I love that he's been leading off. He's a multi-eligible leadoff hitter. Even if he's not going to lead off against lefties, he'll be a strong side leadoff hitter. And most pitchers are right-handed, uh, very good lineup. And he's generally going past pick 300. I'll take it every single day, right? Depending on your format. Some of them, he's second base in outfield. Some of them it's first, second and outfield, uh, wherever you're playing. He's a multi-eligible guy. And I think that Cardinals lineup is a lot better than people think. I've talked about this for, it feels like, a year and a half now. That Cardinals lineup is very good. It feels weird to be defending them after so long that they were just so dominant. But they had a bad year. People are down on them in general. And I think I I mentioned it uh, on a podcast, I think, last week, that people are just kind of down across the board. And that's why you might see Arenado and Goldschmidt and a lot of guys going a little bit later than they should. Uh, And Donovan is a prime example of that, somebody that I'm really aggressively targeting right now. Uh, Chris Sale had an outstanding debut against the Pirates. They had their full lineup out there, O'Neill, Cruz, Brian Reynolds, Brian Hayes, and Chris Sale, two scoreless innings, four strikeouts, and a 48% CSW, uh, a clinic, an absolute clinic. Again, he's another guy, uh, different reasons than Yuri Perez, but same kind of outlook. If he's able to throw 130 innings, then you're absolutely gold. Uh, that's the only thing standing in his way, really. Time will tell. I'm not able to predict that at this point, if Chris Sale's going to be healthy or not. We'll see um, what happens. I think that depending on your build, if you've taken some fairly safe starting pitchers, some guys that you're fairly safe about in terms of innings pitch, the Logan Webbs of the world, the Logan Gilberts, you know those, those types of guys where you're pretty certain they're getting 180, 190 barring injury, and you can take a bit of a risk on a Chris Sale type, then I think it's fine. Uh, as long as his price doesn't shoot up in spring training, which it might, like where he's going right now, if he's in the 120s, 130s, okay. If he starts going in the top 100, then we have to tap out because that would be ridiculous. But I could see it happening. People get very excited about starting pitchers in the spring, and Chris Sale is somebody that has been an SP1 like overall in the past. So it wouldn't be shocking to see him shoot up to the top 100. I'd have to tap out at that point. But right now, I think I have I have some interest depending on my build. Uh, George Kirby, one of my favorite pitchers this year, had a pretty rough first outing of the spring. An inning and a third, four hits, three earned runs, no strikeouts and no walks. It's not a big deal. I'm not adjusting anything in the ranks, of course. If Kirby, if people are going to be uh, you know, pushing him down even a few picks because of this kind of thing, then take it by the dip. There's another pitcher we'll talk about who pitched today on Wednesday uh, with a similar kind of thing there. If people are going to be down because of a bad outing in the spring, for somebody with this level of talent and Maybe he falls four or five picks later than he should, um, then then buy it every single time. He's still elite. Let's just see how he does next time out. Uh, Garrett Crochet was able to hold his own against the Dodgers lineup that featured their big three. Um, an ending in two-thirds, he allowed two hits, struck out two. We don't have stat cast data. When I don't say the CSW, it's because we don't have the stat cast data for that game, which I've bitched about a few times. Why we don't have stat cast data for every single park, minors, majors, whatever. I mean, we have it for all major league parks. But why we don't have it for every single minor league part two is just ridiculous and stupid. But in any event, it's really promising stuff from Crochet. Another guy who is fairly promising flyer at the end of your drafts. I'm not sure if he's going to be a starter the entire year, but he could be gold if he sticks in the rotation. Again, uh, another guy that I've talked about this like every year I've done the podcast. Those guys that you can take at the end of your drafts, the, those, those are gold. Those last two rounds, 250, 270, if they don't pan out and a guy with this kind of upside... You know, they may pan out, they may not. But if they don't, they're a very, very easy drop. Most of the players you take in that range anyway are not going to stick on your roster. So you can, depending on your build, again, if you've taken a lot of risks, then maybe you can play it safer in those last few rounds. But I think a guy like Eric Crochet does make a lot of sense with the last pick of your draft. Uh, A.J. Puck is another pretty interesting guy to monitor. Uh, Two innings pitched, no hits, no earned runs, three strikeouts and a walk, and a 35% CSW Uh, Miami has said that he'll stick in the rotation, or at least he'll get a shot, and he's been pretty damn excellent as a reliever the last couple years, a 266 Sierra, a 302 XFIP, and a 27% strikeout minus walk rate. Whether or not he sticks in the rotation, I could see him having value, specifically in your deeper leagues, right? Like, maybe, maybe not in your 10-team leagues, but I think if it's a 12-team league with, you know, roto rosters, um, you know, middle and corner infield, deeper pitching uh, roster, everything like that, then... I think that you could see him having some value there. Definitely in 15-team leagues, A.J. Puck, I think is worth a shot. nfbc style leagues, if he doesn't stick as a starter, he doesn't stick as a starter. We've seen he can do it as a reliever. And if you're not getting it as a a starter, you can still get value out of those type of relievers. I've talked about that for the last couple years as well. These guys don't have to necessarily be closers if they're high strikeout, good ratio guys to give you value. Uh, so A.J. Puck is another guy who, again, is not going to cost you a lot, is worth a dart throw close to the end of your draft. And not to say that you take all of these guys that I'm mentioning, the dart throw guys, but one or two of them at the end uh, could really pay off. Let's talk about today and Wednesday's quick hits. It's Tariq Skubel at the top. He had a really solid debut, uh, two innings pitch, no hits, nowhere in runs. Struck out two, walked one, and had a 31% CSW uh, got his fastball sitting 97.5. Uh, he got up to 99, I believe, as well. Um, there's been some kind of weird stuff with StatCast where they'll post a number and then after the fact it's been changed. That's happened a couple times in spring training. So if something you're seeing or hearing after the fact is a little bit different, I apologize. There have been a couple of tinkerings that they have been doing. I guess they're just you know getting their feet wet for the year as well, but... Got to 99.6, according to the readings today. He hit 100 last week. Some are concerned about Tariq Skubal getting to this number already. I'm taking more of a glass-half-full approach here, which is odd for me because I haven't been the massive Skubal guy like a lot in the industry. I like him. He's a top-20 SP for me, but some people have him like top-10. I'm I'm still taking the glass-half-full approach here. I'm going to say that it's a good thing that he's not limited out of the gate, right? Like, we're always going to find a way to bitch about something. If it's too much velocity, too, like not enough velocity, I think that more velocity is better than less velocity right now. If he was sitting 94, people would be saying, uh, I don't know, but he's sitting 97, and people are worried. I'm fine with it, right? As long as he doesn't blow himself out every single start in spring and throw 100 every single time out, you know, he, he's just revving the engine a little bit, I think, and I, I, I'm okay with... With what we're seeing from Tariq school. There are people who are in panic mode. If you want to drop him down around, God bless, I'll take a round discount on him. I don't have any shares yet, but he's somebody that I could see myself grabbing here uh, over the last few weeks of draft season because the talent is incredible. And if he's throwing 100, um, that's a, a whole different thing than what we expected. I think we were expecting 97, maybe touching 98, but if he's able to get to 100, especially if he's able to do it consistently, which only time will tell. Um, then Tariq Skubel may end up being somebody that does or that should end up in my top 10. Not to say that he will, because I, I don't think he will, uh, but potential for it for sure. Yoshinobu Yamamoto had a really nice debut as well. Two innings pitched, one hit, no in runs, three strikeouts. And of course, we don't have stat cast data on this game. How lovely is that? He had the most whiffs today so far at the time of recording uh, with nine. A few more spring training outings like this, and he'll be going in the second round consistently. And Justin Mason popped by our live stream yesterday, and he said that potentially if Yamamoto has, and his point was to more of the Korea series, um, if he has a great start in the Korea series, which is happening a week before the season, and before probably a lot of people are having their drafts, then he could be a first-round guy. And that's where I tap out. I'm already tapped out in the second. Like, I'm not taking Yamamoto in the second round. It's too much of an unknown. You never know how these guys are going to look over the course of a whole season. He looked nasty today. Nasty. Over the course of a full season, I'm not like 100% sure what that's going to look like. There are more sure things I can take in the second round. And if Justin's right and people start taking him at the first or even at the one-two turn, then you're passing up the Gosmans, the Wheelers, the Castillos of the world, potentially Cole. Uh, You know, I just just can't get behind it. Um, If you're able to get him in the third, the fourth round... You know, I'm I'm interested enough, especially if it is the fourth round, which, you know, that'll be more home league style, Yahoo, ESPN players. You're probably able to get him in the fourth round. If you're playing in the NFBC, there are going to be some people who take him ridiculously high up, way higher than they should. Um, but I think if you are playing on Yahoo, if you're playing ESPN, Fantrack, CBS... You're probably still going to get Yamamoto at a fairly reasonable price, and he's somebody that uh, you should be looking at if you are able to get him, like in the 40s or the 50s. Um, 20s, 30s, I tap out, but 40s, 50s, I think is pretty interesting. Uh, Edward Cabrera was pretty encouraging today as well. Two innings pitched, two hits allowed, no earned runs, struck out a couple and had a 35% CSW. Uh, there a couple of big things. He didn't walk anybody, and he threw 64.5% of his pitches for strikes. Twenty out of 31 that's really great stuff the only thing really holding edward cabrera back from being an ace is the lack of command if he's able to get that under control and he's able to get the walk rate even if it's still above league average at like 10 percent, 9 10 man like he could definitely be a top 25 starting pitcher he's somebody that i was thinking could break out last year and he was one of my kind of sleeper breakouts for last year it looked promising at first it definitely did not pan out uh, I'm not quite as in on him this year as I was last year, but I think there's still a lot to really like about Every Cabrera. If he does kind of break out, do not be surprised because it's definitely a possibility. Now, when I was talking about George Kirby, I mentioned there was another pitcher uh, who did not have a great start but not massively concerned about it either. It was Pablo Lopez. Two innings pitched, three hits allowed, two earned runs, two strikeouts, no walks, and only a 22% CSW um Velo was about the same as it was in 2023 across his whole arsenal. If people want to overreact uh, and buy any dip that comes over the coming days. People in their drafts like Pablo Lopez is kind of in that same group as the Wheeler, Castillo, Gosman's uh for me and for a lot of people this year. If people are want to push them down a few picks, it doesn't have to be you know, when I say people are going to push them down in your head you might think that means a round or two rounds or three rounds. It might just be 5 or 7 picks. It might just mean going from the end of the second to the beginning of the third. But I think that's still valuable Uh, if you are able to get any kind of discount on a guy like a Lopez with that kind of talent level or a Kirby because of a bad first outing of spring. Uh, When the talent level's that high, I don't worry. When it's lower and we're talking about an iffy guy already and they come out looking like shit, that's when I get worried. But when it's a guy like Lopez, uh, I'm not terribly concerned. Brady Singer, two innings pitched, one hit, no earned runs, struck out three. Uh, he was awful in 2023, but I think he is probably too heavily discounted this year. I think he can probably be closer to the 2022 version of himself and be like a maybe a 4 ERA as opposed to like a well above 5 useless fantasy asset. He's pitching in Kansas City. You're not going to see massive win upside, of course. Like you're capped at probably 8 or 9. But again, uh, as a late round guy, if it doesn't pan out, then you drop him. But the potential is there. We've seen it already. Um, And as you get older, you learn different things. It was a bad year last year. Good start to the spring. I'm willing to to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt that he can potentially turn it around. Not that he'll be as good as he was in 2022, but there is a middle ground there between the two seasons, and he could potentially have some value. We'll wrap it up with Ryan Pepio. Uh, Solid against my Blue Jays today. Two innings pitched, allowed three hits, but struck out three, walked one, 29% CSW. He was great in 2023. He was also very lucky in 2023. But uh, this is one where you kind of just don't even care what the numbers say. As good as the numbers are, um, he's going from one really great pitching organization to another, from the Dodgers to the Rays. I, I think that you're probably looking at a great pitcher this year. Like, w- what do we what do we have to look at here just from every year of, of Rays pitchers? Um, they bring a guy in. He comes up. They get traded. Like, wherever they get these guys from. They end up being incredibly valuable, especially when there's already a base of success in their previous organization. I really, really think Papio is going to be good. He's he's a guy that I don't have yet in any of my drafts, and I'm feeling like I'm going to regret it once the season gets going. And maybe he does pop off a Zach Eflin top 12 type of SP season. I don't think any of us would be really surprised, but that'll do it, Uh, guys. Like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I mentioned that, or I should have mentioned that off the top. I've been trying to mention it um, as often as possible. It's another one where we are putting a ton of content out there. It's live stream drafts. It is podcasts. It's different videos. um, Tons of different stuff that we are putting out there. Most of our team previews were done over on uh, YouTube as well. We did our Tout Wars draft, our auction live stream last week. We're gonna be doing more mock drafts and other great stuff over on YouTube as well. So at Sports Ethos, uh, subscribe, like like our recent videos, and uh, do what you can there. Do what you can. If you're not somebody who is able to help out um, by sub- subscribing to, the, to uh, Sports Ethos and getting a fantasy pass, then doing what you can in terms of like sharing content is really helpful as well. Um, If you're able to like stuff over on Twitter, share out a link or, you know, subscribe to the podcast, do things of that nature, leave a rating and review. Uh, Those things are really helpful as well. And I do really, truly appreciate all you guys uh, who are out there supporting me and supporting all the guys at Sports Ethos. But that'll do it again. Any questions about anything related to the podcast, the draft guide, any questions, comments or concerns, anything of that nature, Orico 99 over on Twitter and of course ethos fantasy bb as well SportsEthos.com. if you go and hover over the mlb tab you will see all of the great content we got but we'll be back again tomorrow until then guys take care and have a great night